1: Hi, so welcome to the 1865 Match Report, recording the morning after a one-all draw between Nottingham Forest and Burnley at the city ground. So, uh, a one-all draw, one of those games that maybe on paper, given that we're a little bit stronger than last season, we'd have been hoping for three points. Um, And certainly it looked that way when we saw the formation, the the line-ups rather. We had a very attacking 4-2-3-1 formation, Turner in goal, a back four of Montiel on the right, Worrell and McKenna, and then Aina on the left. Songare made his debut uh, with Mangala anchoring the midfield, and then we had Alanya, Gibbs-White, Hudson-Odoi, and Taiwo Awanyi, a very, very potent front four. But despite that, it was Burnley who uh, forced the first save out of Turner. Um, in the first few minutes, Colliosho, uh, uh, their left winger, Um, He got in behind Montiel quite a few times and caused us a few problems, but we started to grow into the game, and that attacking prowess started to show. Hudson-Odoi, in particular, getting on the ball and making things happen. Gibbs-White skipped over quite a few tackles, but year was hustling their defenders and pressing them right up the pitch, giving them no time on the ball. And, as I say, Callum Hudson-Odoi, he was just a revelation. He forced a couple of saves from their keeper. I was thinking we're looking really, really good here, but inevitably Burnley came into the game more, and Colley um, that man once again, he entered the space vacated by Montiel. He Worrell comes over to cover. He gets round Worrell. He's a little bit lucky, possibly, but it centres the ball, and Amdouni just puts in this low 20-yard drive past Turner. Burnley continued to dominate that half. Um, we picked up a couple of bookings along the way, but we'll come back to the ref later on. Um, second half, saw no changes in personnel, but Kalyosha did Montiel once more. and Montiel was one of those bookings, so uh, Steve Cooper took him off, moved Aina to the right and brought Nuno Tavares on the left. Aina was outstanding, kept Kalyosha quiet, and uh, Burnley in general were much quieter. Forrest started to make the most of it. Uh, Lost possession, but not really that much in the way of chances. Then the ball breaks down our right-hand side. Sangare picks it up, sort of just outside the box, and plays it high over to the other side. Taiwo brings it down, gives it to Hudson-Odoi, takes a touch to beat the defender, another to put it on his right foot, and then plays in this perfect 20-yard shot right into the top corner. We carried on dominating the possession, but uh, Hudson-Odoi comes off um, with Mangala, replaced by Origi and Yates. And then a bit of a disaster, Sander Berger uh, somehow outpaces Scott McKenna, who ended up on the floor. He squares it to Lyle Foster and Lyle Foster puts it past Turner. From where I was, out of nowhere, a VAR check's called and the goal is ruled out for handball by Berger. Then, in time added on, there's a massive clash of bodies in the Forest Box. Burnley fans behind the goal are screaming for a penalty as the ball's cleared, but it's Yates who stays down. As he gets up, he runs over to the ref, signalling for a VAR check, and that check is actually called. ref goes to the monitor and shows a card to Lyle Foster. So uh, it ends uh, one-all. As I say, we could look at that as two points dropped, or we could see that as uh, maybe uh, like a point gained. Um, I'm joined by Tom Newton, who's also at the game. But before we hear from him, let's hear the view from the opposition from Joe from the Turfcast podcast.
2: Hiya lads, hope you well. Joe Redman here from Turfcast Podcast, just giving my thoughts after Burnley's point at the city ground tonight. Um, well, where do I start with all of that? Uh, for a 1-1, which by the way I predicted on the Turfcast Podcast pre-game show, which had Thomas on it this week from uh, your podcast... Uh, I think I did anyway. Um, but anyway, that's that's that's. Uh, I'm, I'm digressing. But um, where do I start with it? It was quite action packed, wasn't it, for a one-one. Um, I thought uh, we were probably the better side in the second half. You were probably the better side in the first half. I, I, I just felt we keep shoot, we kept shooting ourselves in the foot, like we just give the ball away so much in that first half and, and it's been a thing that we've been doing it for quite a while this season um, pretty much all season really we've just, just just not looked as good in possession as we did last year and I know last year we were in the championship and some people say well it's a tougher league and yeah it is but we're doing it when there's no pressure on us. There was one point when Josh Barnold just kicked the ball out for a corner I and mean, there was zero pressure on him. We just kept booting it to your midfield with no pressure on him. And that, that's not because this league's tougher. It's just because we weren't <laughs> concentrating. Um, so, pretty annoyed with that. Um, your goal was insane. We've got no, nothing, nothing to um, argue against that other than something that I will get into in a minute. Um, but our goal, decent well-worked goal. Um, decent little finish from Amduna. Um, and Coley O'Shaw. He is he is some player. The lad that was on our left, uh, Luca corley We signed him in the summer and he has been absolutely fantastic. He's the only Burnley player that wants to have the ball at his feet and make things happen all the time. He is a gem and he will be sold for a lot of money in a few years. But well, hopefully it's a few years and it's not very, very soon because um, I want to watch him develop. He's a fantastic footballer. But I am baffled with VAR tonight. And I'm not one of these fans that will just look at something that's happened against my club and 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 always back my club i am quite impartial i can take the claret into glasses off and look at him and be like no i, th- I think he's got that one right there um but i think i think your goal should have stood um i think your goal should have stood um it's not ball. and um, but then I also think our goal, the second one, should have stood. I don't. the The problem with VAR is they shot themselves in the foot. And I've just said it on our own show. they they shot themselves in the foot by saying it has to be clear and obvious when they brought it in. You cannot look at that frame by frame in that picture and tell me that there's a clear and obvious handball in that. I think the problem with it and why they've not sorry why they've not allowed it, so why they've disallowed the goal is he slightly moves his arm towards the ball. Whereas your player didn't I think they're the only things But just because he's moved his arm towards the ball Doesn't mean it touches it For me, I'm, I'm tapping my shoulder to show you But you can't see me It touches kind of like half of his chest And half of the top part of his arm But it's not the top part of the arm That's it's the, it's the handball So I don't understand it, doesn't hit If anything, your player was closer He didn't handball it I'm just saying it was closer to his forearm Than it was Sander Berg's um, So, very disappointed to see that given against us, if I'm honest. And, you know, I'm not enjoying having VAR back. I, I know you boys were in the championship not so long ago. Um, but it's just so much better, isn't it, without VAR? Just just the stop-start nature of it and then getting things taken away from you. And, and the Foster red card as well. Again, I will point out now that I feel like I am a person that can take the claret-tinted glasses off. And I may see a different angle of that and, and change my mind. But at the minute, again, from the angle that the referee is shown and the angle that, because I wasn't fortunate enough to get down today, and the angle that we were shown on the international broadcast, you cannot look at that and say that he has definitely hit him in the face. You can see a shrug, as if to say, like, yeah, get off me. There's a shrug. And I don't think how you can see... Any contact from the from the pictures shown, that's where I have any qualms with that one. I may see a different angle of it tonight or tomorrow, where he's he's clearly hitting me in the face and be like, yeah, fair enough, it's a red. But from the pictures that we saw, I am just I just don't see how the referee can look at that footage and be like, yeah, he's gone for him there. That's deliberate. That's a red. Foster shouldn't have given the decision. And that's what I will say. Foster has given the referee a decision to make when he didn't need to, because uh, he was being held. Was Foster? So he's clearly just shrugged the guy to get him off him and then the referees have deemed it you know serious foul play or, or whatever it is um, but yeah disappointed with the VAR but I'm happy with the point because some perspective you guys have recruited well you've got some good players you beat Chelsea last time out at Chelsea we've just gone to Yoga for, uh, and, and got the point so I'm happy with that it's given me hope for the rest of the season well expectation rather than hope. I'm still not worried. I haven't been worried at any point that I think we'll get relegated. I still think we'll be okay. After watching tonight, I'm adamant we'll be okay. Simply because this is the first time that we have played a team that isn't going to be pushing for the top six come the end of the season. And we've more than held our own. We've been better in patches of the game for me. And this tells me that we will pick up points for the rest of the season. I think you'll probably be pushing, you know, 12th, something like that. But I think we'll be picking up points and we're not playing sides going for Europe. But happy with the point, check it.
1: So
0: uh, Joe's a little bit annoyed with the referee and VAR. What did you think of the the ref's performance then, Tom? Pretty much a typical Premier League um, performance by the by the ref. Really, yeah. I think he, he gave some bits to us and some bits to Burnley and missed a bit. And and we we're probably fortunate that there was VAR on the night because um, from where I was, I, I just thought Sanderberger. Basically, just got past McKenna for it was poor defending by um, McKenna, and he's obviously he's squared it for Lyle Foster to uh, tap in, and I didn't think there was much wrong with it. And got to say, I'm very thankful for the VAR to rule the goal <laughs> out because, uh, like I said, I didn't see anything there. And then when you look back, you can see that Sanderberg has used his arm in the um, in the process of setting up Lyle Foster. But the, the thing is, though, Burnley fans will say, well. Well, uh, for when we scored, did a 1-E, use his hand to control the ball. It swings around about, you get some, um, and you don't get some pretty much like us the other week against Man United with the um, the penalty call, um, et cetera. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, sometimes they do say over and season they do equal themselves out. So I think we're on par at the moment. with the, Well, I think um,
1: maybe we're due a few after last season.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But um, yeah, I'd say if that had happened, if Lissander Berg had been playing for us and that had happened, I'd, I'd probably be quite annoyed about it because I don't think there was much he could have done with his arm because Scott McKenna was basically falling over next to him. And he was trying to sort of hold him off. So, But yeah. as yeah. you say, that's one of them things, isn't it? Uh, But so yeah, sometimes it's just like like you say you you get
0: you get some decisions your way and you don't. But thankfully tonight, um, thankfully last night, um,
1: the VAR calls were in our favour. Yeah. So um, I thought first twenty minutes, especially we looked pretty good. That that attacking four, I, I actually had the thought we're looking really good going forwards here. Um, and then I thought, no, stop that, because what you've just done is going to jinx us and they're going to come back into the game. And of course they did. Um, what did you
0: yeah, yeah pretty, uh, pretty much when the team's got announced around about, what was it, half six? And it took a bit of working out, like because all along Cooper wants to play with the three um, yeah. centre-halves and then obviously two wing-backs pushed up and everything, but he, he changed it up a bit uh, last night. And... Yeah, when you look at that front four of Awani and then you obviously in behind, you've got a hudson Adoy, and Gibbs-White. It, it does look very um, good, doesn't it, in terms of uh, what they can give you. And I thought the first 20 minutes, um, I think Forrest uh, come out of the blocks uh, flying, really want to to uh, get a foothold in the game and everything. And just when, it, when you're in the ascendancy, sometimes, uh, especially, no disrespect to Burnley, but they, they haven't started the season that well in terms of picking up the points and I think it in the first twenty minutes I think we had to make it pay. Mm. And unfortunately it didn't. I mean um, Hudson odoi had a shot at James Trafford. It, it was pretty much a routine save, wasn't it? But yeah, after that twenty minutes that company changed things up, didn't he? And um, they were a bit more resolute and weren't weren't as naive with the ball. And yeah. I think we I mean, I thought
1: what, what what did us was they they basically cut out all the passes to Gibbs White. And it's one of them things. Hudson-Odoi was, was looking good, but yeah, without Gibbs-White, we are sort of lacking that, that focal point, that creativity kind of thing. And that's yeah. what let them in.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if it was a hangover from um, the Under-21 tournament, which uh, England won, but uh, I just thought Gibbs-White's just not been fully on it so far this season. He's been OK, but not outstanding like he was last season. And I think at times last night, uh, hudson um I think he was like, even though we'd we'll talk about it in a bit, but he took his goal really well. But I thought it was sometimes he was just trying that bit too hard and trying to force it rather than playing his natural game. And yeah, I thought there was a couple of opportunities last night, especially in the first half, that were probably forcing it a bit too much and we didn't probably made like the wrong
1: pass or made the wrong decision, and hence why we didn't score. Yeah, I thought actually that there was there was a bit of that. There was there was like that's the, that you made the wrong choice there when when we were. Maybe look, looking like there was something. There was one point I think this was in the second half where it was like Gibbs White just had like a corridor in front of him to go through on goal, and for some reason he like knocks it over to the left, and yeah. it's like I, I don't really see why why he made that choice. Yeah,
0: there was an um, occasion in the first half where yeah, you had to like play Ironman on the left hand side, and decided not to, and like the, the chance is gone. So, um, but. We've got yeah. With Hudson Doi made his debut last night. Sangara made his debut, and I don't think we're going to expect an absolute different sea change overnight because I think Sangara's only had a couple of training sessions because obviously yeah. been on international duty, as with everybody um, else in terms of the majority of the first eleven. So I think it's just going to take um, take time really. There was really some promising green shoots of encouragement going into the next few games, um, etc. Uh, but I think it's just going to take time because obviously we've signed seven more players on deadline day and Johnson's mm. no idea. So, yeah, I think it's just going to be a steady progression to uh, for the players to get used to um, playing with each other and everything. And um,
1: But I think we're in a good place at the moment. Yeah. So um, about Sangaro then, because obviously he was our, our big money signing, the one that everyone's uh, very excited about. I thought he showed a lot of why we're excited about him. But I think it I think almost it's that same thing as someone who's never played in the Premier League getting a little bit shocked by the intensity of it. Yeah, you yeah, you basically took words out of my mouth on that hmm. one.
0: Yeah, I thought he was very impressive. You you can see what he does um in his um he's he's quite got quick feet, um, et cetera, and he can get himself out of tight situations and he can break up the play and um, keep the ball moving. And you can see there's there's definitely qualities there. But yeah, the the intensity of the the Premier League, um, probably he knew it was going to be quick, but as soon as you're on that pitch, you just don't realise how quick it's going to be. And um, I I thought he, um, because he played the whole game, didn't he? So I was quite surprised that he did play the whole game because I thought at times, especially in the back end of the second half i thought there's a couple of passes which were like really tired passes and um yeah but but, but yeah it was a decent debut uh, from him and um i think there's going to be more to come once he gets used to um the way of playing and and then obviously gets up to speed with the intensity of the premier league but yeah i i can see why we signed him because uh, we're probably missing that uh, physical influence in the middle of the park i mean um, Yates is pretty decent, at to Mangala, but you know that s- seismic player in there kind yeah. of thing who can actually dominate a midfield because a lot of the games last year, we lost the so many midfield battles, um, which you, you can probably understand being a newly promoted club. Mm. But yeah, Sangari he is going to be a very, very good player for us. But um, yeah, I think it was a decent debut last night. and But like I said, there's going to be more to come from him.
1: So, actually, mentioning Ryan Yates there, um, someone mentioned in our group chat last night, I think at half time, that um, so Montiel obviously he really, really struggles against Colliosho. Um, yeah, I've just thought with Montiel okay. last night. Hmm? Yeah, I just thought Montiel last
0: night I thought he was a ticking time bomb. He, he was putting a few rash challenges, then he got booked. Then they kept dropping the ball in over him on the die because the news on a booking and he was a bit rash and everything, then uh, I know we've touched on it earlier, but the yeah the goal where War has to come across, I thought it was just a recipe for disaster because no disrespect to Wall, but he's not the quickest and he doesn't want to be going out there helping his full and and everything. And um, yeah, when Collier got past him, I thought oh, but yeah, I was very surprised with, Montiel actually coming out for the second half, really. And I mean, he only lasted five minutes of the second half and switched it with Aina going at right-back and Tavares playing at left-back. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he, I, yeah I, I, I don't want... I, I thought it was... Well, what he's brought to I mean, World Cup winner for Argentina, um, pl- played for Seville, won a couple of Europa leagues. I thought it was a bit like a, a Gaetan Bong maybe <laughs> <laughs> I just thought he was uh, just. I don't want to lie. I I, I don't like criticizing players because they don't obviously they don't openly go out there and have a bad game. But I, I didn't think he was that great last night, and I thought he was a, very much a weak link. And I thought he's either going to get sent off, or he's going to get subbed off, or he's mm-hmm. going to give a penalty or something like that. And and thankfully, yeah, Steve Cooper saw saw that for the betterment of the team and obviously switched it. But yeah, it wasn't a great debut from Montiel last night. Someone in
1: the group chat, I can't remember who, uh, did mention that if it had been Yates playing instead of Sangara, then he would have been covering and it wouldn't have been Worrell that had to come across then. Yeah. yeah. Again, that sort of thing of two players who aren't used to the Premier League, like next to each other, probably is what, what did us to some extent. Yeah, yeah, but um, but like I said, we, we got out of it in terms of uh,
0: <laughs> the like, if that game was last season, uh, I, I don't I don't think we we would have probably got an equaliser and probably like shot ourselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. But I think we're more resolute now, more streetwise. The eighteen sixty five match
2: report. You're listening to eighteen sixty five, the Nottingham Forest
1: podcast. I think uh, Hudson-Odoi won the man of the match. Obviously, it was his debut. He's a player who hasn't played for, what, 18 months or something because of his injuries. Um, not not seriously. Um, and I was quite surprised, actually, when when he came off. He didn't look to me like he was slowing down, but he came off at about 65 minutes or something like that. Um, which I guess look, looking back on it has probably made sense if he hasn't played that much, but it was quite an impressive way to start your 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 uh, forest account. Yeah, but
0: I, I was, when we rumoured about getting him out, I thought we're not going to get him. He's going to stay in London, he's going to go to Fulham, et cetera. But when we got to deadline day and, and we got him and the fee, which is reportedly, what, three million to five yeah. million? It's an absolute snip. And he, ate, a few years ago in the FA Cup for Chelsea, absolutely ripped us apart. And um, and I think he's, yeah, well, he's just lost his way a bit. And I don't think it's his fault, really. He's He got frozen out at Chelsea, didn't he? Because they've spent a billion quid on about 700 players who, if they've got two feet, you're going to get a game at Chelsea. And, um, yeah, he went to Barlow because he's got an injury. And he's lost his way a, a bit in terms of, an injury can set you back a long way. I mean, he was like, he was up there, wasn't he, with like the Phil Foden's et cetera, and great English yeah, talent and everything, and yeah, just amazing. Now an injury can set you back a, a season or two, but yeah, when we signed him, I thought if he can get back to half of what he did at Chelsea, he's going to be a very, very good player. And I thought he was very impressive last night, and his goal just epitomises that. It was just. Got the ball, dropped his shoulder, and he's curled it into the top corner, and no keeper saving that. And um, yeah, I think um, going back to like losing Brennan Johnson, I've always said it in the past I haven't got a problem of us selling players; it's how you replace them adequately. Um, and now we've got Hudson odoi and Alanger in there. I think we're going to be all right because yeah, the two of them are both outstanding talents, and they're only what twenty one, twenty two respectively. Yeah. So uh, I think. Um, And then, obviously, you've got Gibbs White, who's pretty young as well. So, yeah, we've got an attacking sense. We've got a really good core there, which um, hopefully uh, we're going to flourish in the next few years with them at
1: the forefront of
0: that. Um, Actually,
1: there's an interesting point. I thought Alanga wasn't... I don't mean to... This will sound pretty harsh, but I I didn't think he was great. But... There was one point, and I did check the stats, and we had 49% possession, which is probably double what we've had for the last year or so. Um, yeah. And uh, part of me was thinking, I'm not entirely sure that sort of trying to pass the ball about is going to suit Alanga. He's he's going to want us to be sat down deep in that low block so he can make a 60 yard run and beat everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought um, Burnley um, looked after him quite well last night. I think yeah. there was a couple of opportunities where he he, he did get the run on the defender, um, etc. But I think the cotton onto the fact of how much of a threat he was in the league uh, cup game. So uh, yeah, he was he was alright last night, Langer. But it was a bit quieter. Just I just think it's a case of um, yeah, the they on onto how much of a threat he was, and sometimes they doubled up on him, and he 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 couldn't. Do what he normally do, um, does, uh, kind of things. So, but yeah, I think it's quite right in saying that uh, if we um gonna have more possession, etc., then he might suffer slightly. But uh, I think there's like different ways to skin a cat, isn't they? So
1: yeah. And um, and then I just want to add down. Uh, I just wanted to mention Ola Reiner because I thought he was absolutely outstanding. In fact, him and Matt Turner. I don't think so. The, the like match reports and whatever I've I've seen they don't seem to get much of a mention. I thought Matt Turner didn't put a foot wrong. I thought he played really, really well and I thought Olmarayna was outstanding.
0: Yeah, um, Matt Turner's been fantastic, hasn't he, since he he joined from Arsenal. And that save last night, I I thought it was in, um, the one at the Trent end in the first half. And um, it's a really good save. I mean, (laughs) people who were... with like Roy Keane he probably says oh that's his job kind of thing but it was a class save that was and he's become a very very competent goalkeeper and he, he's, he's very quick in terms of he wants to get us on the front foot and um, and everything so he's been a very good buy And then uh, the signing of Oluvina he has been fantastic I mean we a few people would like saying in the summer oh, we're going to um, going to miss uh, Renan Loddy and he's come in there and I, I don't think um, left wing backs is his number one position. I think he's right wing back, isn't he? But it just shows you how versatile he is and he hasn't put a foot wrong. And I mean, if you look at who he's been up against, um, Bakayo Saka, um, etc., and, um, and however, and the like, nine right wingers uh, Chelsea <laughs> brought on the other week, um, he's coped with them exceptionally well. And, and on a three from Torino, I mean, he could potentially be the signing of the season in terms of, of we've hardly played. Well, we've got him on a free year so it hasn't really cost us any money in that sense. So he's been fantastic and Turner as well. So I had a funny feeling that um, Black must might get a start last night because obviously um, Matt Turner and his uh, partner have had a baby. So congratulations to them. Yeah. But I don't know how much training he potentially missed. So uh, I had a, f-
1: a funny feeling. On on Black- duty as well. So maybe it's a, again. Part yeah, of that, putting too many too many new faces in all at once again.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be like steady integration, isn't it? I mean, um, Dominguez didn't get on last night, did he? So and uh, so, yeah, I think it's just going to be drip fed um, in kind of thing. But um, but yeah, like I said, we're in a a lot better place now than we was say a year ago.
1: But that leads us quite nicely to um, Steve Cooper's post-match comments where he said, uh, we did some good stuff, we did some bad stuff. But throughout the the entire interview, the, um, the Radio Nottingham interview, he was making the point that this is pretty much a new team and it's going to take time to integrate these players. And that's one of his lessons from last year is uh, bringing new players in, especially those who haven't got experience of the Premier League, is is going to take time. Yeah. And um, you, know, you just know that he's capable of doing the
0: job because he did it last year with all the changing and everything. So, I mean, I know we signed seven on deadline day, but like I said, I think uh, we've got a very good coach who knows what it takes to, for everything to uh, take over nicely kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, steady integration uh, with the players and everything and study progression and we'll be all right this season
1: so uh, and actually bloke next to me he turns to me at one point in the game and he goes uh, so the other day um, like no yeah today rather or yesterday you now um, he goes um, Facebook memory copped up saying uh, Forrest's first win of the season Huddersfield uh, with Stephen Reed in charge and then Steve Cooper takes over and we're now eighth in the Premier League and we've signed Songara we've got hudson the Doy, we've got Alanga it's uh, quite a transformation really yeah, and I think pound for pound, this is
0: the strongest Forest squad in my lifetime. And I'll even go on record and say it's stronger than the one what we had in 94, 95. Because you had you started in 11 with the likes of like Pierce, Roy, Warren, Collymore, et cetera. But if they were injured, there weren't as good a quality who can come in. No disrespect to him, but like Jason Lee, Rob Rosario, <laughs> um, players like that who didn't possess the same qualities of those players. But if you look at the bench and everything, so one who comes off of D. Rock, Karigi comes on. You got Sangara, who I know he played the whole game last night, but if he did go off last night, you got Yates, who did come on, and you got Nicholas Dominguez, who can mm. come on. So the strength and depth is, yeah, like I said, I think pound for pound, it's the best squad in my lifetime. And if we keep like things ticking over nicely and over the next few years I think the club is in a very very good place
1: absolutely so uh, now we've just got a quick news report from Callum uh, just uh, updating us on the squad
3: Hi, this is Callum with the 1865 News. Um, so, not much news to bring at the moment, obviously, other than the actual games themselves. Um, we've had the international break and we've had we've had players go out and we've had a 1-E scoring goals and Sangari and international duty and everything like that, um, but it's been a bit quiet. We did get the 25-man squad through, though, which I will read out now for you. So, the goalkeepers we have, we have Matt Turner, Odysseus Vlakodamos, Wayne Hennessy, in defence, we've got Ola Aina, Nico Williams, Gonzalo Montiel, Nuno Tavares, Harry Toffolo, Serge Aurier, Joe Worrell, Will E. Bolle, Scott McKenna, Musa Niakate, and Felipe. In midfield, we've got Ryan Yates, Nico Dominguez, Orel Mangala, Danilo, Ibrahim Sangare, Cheku Koyate, Morgan Gibbs-White, and in the forward options, we've got Callum Hudson-Odoi, Tyro Awanyi, Chris Wood, and Divock Origi. And then the players that may be involved from the under-21 category be Andrew Omobamidelli, Murillo, Andre Santos, Brandon Aguilera and then obviously as well Anthony Alanga. Um, so that's the squad that we have for this upcoming season. We've got, obviously got an array of options down a lot of depth. It's just about them all bedding in and getting used to being part of the team. But I'll be back again with the news soon. Thank you. Take care.
1: Thank you very much, Callum. So, um, so that's that. So it's a little bit disappointing, maybe, to to only get a point against a team that's that's been struggling for points. But I think, as you say, Tom, uh, we're we're in a pretty good place overall, uh, and certainly eighth in the Premier League um, at this stage of the season. It's, it's a bit early to be like making predictions, but I think. If we can stay injury free, I think we're going to definitely um, mid-table will be a reasonable expectation.
0: Yeah, uh, I'd say anywhere from what 11th to 14th. I think that will be steady progression. Just like keep ticking over, get these players integrated in how we want to play and everything, can just yeah, just don't get embroiled in a relegation battle, which. I know, like you just said, it. I know it's early days, but you've got Luton down there, Sheffield United down there, Burnley down there, Everton down there, Wolves who are, they say they're playing well, but they're not really picking up results. So, um, so yeah, I, f- I think we'll be all right um, this season and um, yeah, I, I don't if we'll get enrolled in a relegation battle um, as we did last year, but obviously it was expected last year.
1: Yeah. So uh, thank you very much, Tom. Uh, Thank you to Joe from the Turfcast podcast. Thank you to Callan for the news. And thank you for listening. Uh, We'll be back um, next on Saturday, isn't it, for uh, Man City Away, which um, is going to be an interesting one. Um, Hopefully we can show some resolve there as well. So thank you very much for listening and we'll be back next Saturday.
3: Podcast Network.